You are listening to the Phenom NFL Show on the Phenom Media Podcast Network, powered by the most passionate young sports analysts in the game. If you're looking for creative, informative, and high-quality sports content, you've come to the right place. Phenom Media boasts a team of over 100 youth contributors from around the world, covering every sport on every media platform. Make sure to follow Phenom on TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter, as well as all of the Phenom podcast channels for daily content. The link tree in the episode description includes a direct link to all of the aforementioned platforms, so click on that to access everything. If you enjoy the episode, make sure to subscribe and leave a positive review so more people can discover the podcast. Now, let's get to the show. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Phenom NFL Show live on the FanCred app. My name is Cole Evans, founder and CEO of Phenom Media. I'm here alongside Shane Rich, NFL expert, longtime friend of mine, 49ers fan. And today, the main topic, the show that you guys have all been waiting for for the past hour, I get to talk about my New York Jets and the most devastating win for any team probably in the history of sports. Two next 15 years. That's the thing. You know, it's going to suck right now and it hurts right now. But I I kept saying... When he makes his Hall of Fame speech 25 years from now, yeah, that's when it's going to hurt. That's when it's going to hurt. Because I am more sure than anything that this guy is going to go down as an absolute legend in this league. And it's just one of those things where you are bracing for the pain. And look, I know it. You can see the, the jerseys behind me. I'm a Mets fan. I feel pain from that. I'm a Jets fan. There's pain there. I'm a Knicks fan. There's no fun in that. I'm a Michigan basketball and football fan. I mean, that's fun on its own. Rangers fan as well. Hasn't been hasn't treated me too nicely. There's not a lot of bright spots in my sports fandom. You know, I look for little things. People you like Tiger, though. You know, people, people make fun of me because, you know, I'm getting excited over Emmanuel quickly on the Knicks in a preseason game against the Cleveland Cavaliers. It's the small stuff like that that gets me excited. You know, I've probably rooted for the Jets to lose more games in my life than win. I mean, that's the cold reality of it. Yeah, I, I, I just where my city, at least for my teams, we've not to brag, we've made a championship. I think with my teams, at least one year every decade. So, or yeah, every decade, and this decade especially, every year we've had a team representing us. So we come from we're cut from a different cloth in that sense. But I just. There, there was so much within that game, and and we'll get to the Rams later. It's more important to talk about your Jets and how that affects them in the future. But it was just like, oh my god! I just, I, I don't know. I, it, it's that's that was your guy, you and you know that's your guy. You could nothing as soon as Week Seventeen comes to a close, you guys were on the clock. You could do anything, and that that changes everything. Look, I see you're at a loss for words right now. It should be me at a loss for words, and that's yeah, what I've been totally. talking like. I know you never talk like that. That's what I've sounded like for the past hour. Just a lot mm-hmm. of uh, 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 like I don't even know what to say. Yeah. Like the the craziest things that Jets fans, including myself, have been so zeroed in on the concept of Trevor Lawrence becoming this next savior for our franchise. That now that hit us, it doesn't even feel real. It really doesn't. But before we get into all that, for those joining right now, I'm Cole Nevins. I'm alongside Shane Rich. This is the second episode of the Phenom NFL show and the second episode live on the FanCred app. Thank you so much to everyone there, the hardworking team for getting making this happen, getting us on and letting us talk in front of an awesome audience who we're really excited to share the next hour with as we got Sunday Night Football coming on next. I don't, I'm not watching it right now. I'm focused on this show, but you know, you guys can maybe bring us updates. I know there's a lot of Giants fans on here. Definitely going to want to talk about it. You guys going tonight in the chat that are Giants fans. Big but, night. Yeah. Best thing about this platform on FanCred is that it allows you guys to not only interact with the chat amongst yourselves, but come and join Shane and I on the show. All you got to do is press the green fan line button, 
It'll go into our, go into a room with our awesome producer, Cameron, and then he'll get you situated and set up and added to our show. And we're going to do rapid fire today. Last time, I believe we had five or six guests on our one-hour show. Really, really fun time. A lot of engagement, some really awesome segments. And today, we're going to make those segments a little bit shorter than we add on the guests, but we're going to add on a lot of people to the show because, you know, this was a hectic day in the NFL. And I'm sure everyone has a lot to talk about, not just ourselves. And the beauty of this show is that it allows us to hear from you guys and from us. Yeah. So aside from your Jets and that debacle today in Los Angeles, I think it's time that we start off that with uh, a potential Super Bowl preview and what was the Saints versus Chiefs today in the Superdome. 32-29 was the final score. It seemed like the Saints were going to pull away at the end. Uh, they didn't. You know, Drew Brees first game back after breaking 11 McRibs against my Niners after that. Uh, no, but it was it was very interesting to see Drew Brees back. I think they timed the injury nicely. You know, they did everything that they could with him. But you and I were going back and forth during, I guess, the first half of that game, and he looked – his arm was shot, like his shoulder – Watching him try to make plays downfield, it's it's a struggle. It, it reminded me of early 2010s Tebow in those Bronco years trying to throw the ball downfield. I was thinking of uh, Peyton Manning in his last year. Yeah. That's the first thing that always comes Very to similar. my mind. You know, with Manning, it was just an incredible career, and like you know, he's really on those last limbs, and it was just a matter of when it was just mm-hmm. going to snap in half. You know, as they like to say, the straw that's going to break the camel's back again, and it absolutely you know it broke Manning's back in half at least breeze has been able to you know put together a few nice performances but you know this is definitely the last year for him but you know the chiefs continue to impress you know sure, my, sure. the biggest thing with the chiefs my biggest observation over the season to be fair you no know, it's clear that they have some flaws because they've struggled against some subpar teams throughout the season mm-hmm. but the biggest thing is i feel like they were just waiting for that challenge you know You've played on really good teams in your life before, whether it be youth sports or, you know, seeing a team like the 49ers or you're a Warriors fan. You saw that firsthand with them. Sometimes when you're just that good, it is very hard to stay engaged. And we saw that, you know, and honestly, we saw that with the Rams today. Yeah. Because if you looked at the body language, and I know we're switching right now, but I really want to focus on this Jets game. If you watch closely the body language it of was that effortless. Rams team. Effortless. In the first half, they were treating it like a joke. You know, I'm going to give another analogy right now because I know we got a lot of kids in here. Everyone here has had an experience where you've played a crappy team in your life before. When you go in like, oh, my God, this is going to be great. It's going to be such a joke. We're going to blow them out by 40. doesn't matter what sport. But then you come in and it's like, oh, you know, uh, they got two, two points on the board. You know, we'll see what happens. And then it starts to hit you like, holy crap, like, you know, we're losing now. Let's get our stuff together. And then you're chasing back and you're not playing the way that you should be. And that's the problem the Rams ran into today. And this Jets team, you know, the most interesting part about it, and I'll I'll go out and say this right now. I know we were talking about that game earlier, but I really, really want to focus on this because I think this is really important to get out as a Jets fan. Look, the Lawrence stuff, it's, it's terrible. As a fan, it's horrible. The fans have gone through so much over the 50 years of this franchise and the only Super Bowl they had was the biggest upset in Super Bowl history over the Colts with the most overrated quarterback of all time, Joe Namath. I'll go out and say as a Jets fan right now. But for these Jets players, man, imagine being on this team and week after week, your own fan base of millions of people are rooting for your team to lose. I mean, imagine if there were fans in the stands this season. Would they be getting booed? While the, I mean... It's an unbelievable concept to think about. But, you know, Adam Gase after the game came out and said the the Jets were thrilled. And the reality is he's right. Because no matter what the media says, no matter what any of the fans say, this team week after week of inexperienced young players who are playing together a lot of them for the first time in a COVID-struck season have just been waiting for one bright spot. And they finally got it. And they put together a complete team performance. And, you know, say what you want about the Jets, but there's a human aspect to this, Shane. And if I'm going to take any bright spot out of this, it's terrible. You should have seen me before slamming things and screaming and cursing. But if you want to see the one bright spot, this team has fought their ass off to win this one game this season. 
to finally do it. And they were able to do it. And it's it's really unfortunate that, you know, they won't get to enjoy it as much because Under no the one's there and supported them. Yeah. It's 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 horrible. You know, it's they finally got a success and it's it's ruined by the fact that everyone is, you know, upset at them. I mean, personally I'm more upset at the Rams. I know people are like, oh Jets, pathetic franchise, you know, how can you tank like that? But it's the Rams that more yeah, upset yeah. that. They were the ones that came into the game. They disrespected the Jets by treating them like a joke. And now look, I mean, it's just it's just insane to think about. And I know the whole pipe dream of Lawrence is over. My mind hasn't even processed yet what this franchise is gonna do next. You know, I'm not I'm not sold on Darnold. I despise Fields. I think he's terrible. I don't think he's gonna be a good NFL quarterback. Well maybe, and so was, maybe a Michigan so fan says so. Someone on Twitter was saying, you know, Justin Fields is the big loser of tonight because you know when there's a, a top two quarterback battle going on in the draft, the second guy is always the one getting the short end of the stick. So he's bound to have that terrible career. But it hasn't even gone through my head what's going to happen when the Jets get the number two pick and what they're going to do now. There's just all these realms of possibilities that could just happen. Look, there's still the possibility that the, the Jaguars lose in the last week to the Colts if yeah. they rest their entire team. Wouldn't that be a miracle on its own? But overall, I mean, the Jets are going to be the first team in NFL history to finish 1-15 in and not get the first overall pick. <laughs> I mean, it, you can't even write you yourself. You don't think they run the table? I think they might run the table after this one. I mean, there was that loss to Oak. Uh, like this is the second straight time it's in Oakland. I, I can't stop saying it to Vegas, and the team was distraught after. Again, same scenario. Fans are celebrating like they won the Super Bowl, and this team just became even more hungrier. And I know, and then I kind of doubted that when they got destroyed by Seattle the week after. But this team was hungry for a win, and I guess it was bound to happen. You know, there's been so many close calls this year between the Denver game. The New England game, the Vegas game, now this game. I mean, those could have been four potential wins. And it's, I, I can't even explain just the feeling of all of it. I mean, it, it's, it's, yeah, my I don't, I don't really picture Justin Fields in green and white. I don't really see it. I think he's, he's definitely banned for the Jaguar colors. I mean, I don't know. Maybe you're stuck with Sam the Savior. So you could ride him out for a couple more years. Yeah, I mean, we'll have to see what happens. Yeah. It'll be an interesting concept. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe we have Josh on the fan line, one of our good friends. So we can add him on here, and we'll have our first guest of the night as we talk some pigskin here on the Fan Cred app. We're going to try to avoid any Florida discussions after last night's <laughs> loss. Yeah, can you guys hear me? Oh, there it is. Yeah. Double Florida flag. Is <laughs> How about that? It's tough one. <laughs> What's going on, man? Yeah. So, Cole, I just want to say – I feel bad for you in a way. In a way. That's winning. But at the end of the day, if you're, if you're one of the players, like your job's to play and you try to win. And also, like, their individual, like, I don't know, like their job is literally to win. And some of their jobs, like, ride, like, on how they perform. So you can't really blame them for, like, winning. Like, I, I it's a good thing, though, for them. But for fans, it's terrible. It's well, terrible. You, I mean, it, like you said, it's it's your job in the NFL. You don't you don't make money to lose games. I mean, Gase right now is getting paid to lose games, but that team and those guys. I mean, you think Darnold after a, an injury riddled year last year, and guys they have veterans they brought in Frank Orr, who's still somehow tr- uh, chugging along. His wheels haven't yeah. fallen off yet. But all these young guys you bring in, and I. There's there's no star player on the Jets right now. They don't have that. It's a young team trying to find themselves. But mm-hmm. I mean, that's been you want to win games. No one, no Especially one wants to be part of an 0 16 football team. It's just not how it works. Yeah, like Darnold's literally like riding on winning, I guess. Because yeah, have, they don't have Lawrence, and that's that's, that's he our is. future too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you no, know, Darnold's such an interesting concept because you know it's been a roller coaster. You know, past three years for him. I was talking about this with Shane before. And it's no, it's no secret that the Jets have failed him. I mean, the guy had a ton of raw talent coming out of USC. He comes into the NFL. He throws a pick six on his first throw. I mean, talk about how Jets that is. 
Yeah. And then he finishes off the last month of his rookie year as a top five quarterback statistically in football, brings all the hype in, and then is struck with mono. I mean, how many athletes have you seen been struck with mono to start a, a season? Mm-hmm. He has to play that one move at the end of the year. The cries way out of New York, and it brings on even more dust to the franchise. And then they come into this year, and they have an absolutely depleted team. And there's some nice pieces on this team. You know, don't sell this Jets team short. Yeah. Makai Becton has looked like an yeah. I mean, looked like an All Pro this season. He's looked phenomenal. I mean, he looks unbelievable week after week, and it's just crazy to see him with his eyes compared to these other guys. Quinnen Williams, the former first-round pick, has had an, uh, an amazing breakout year for the Jets. He wrecked havoc until he had his concussion today. Braden Mann, the quote-unquote hero of today's game for the Jets. The punter who made the game-saving tackle. They might remember him for that, but he's been you know, punting the crap out of the ball this season. He's a rookie. He's been unbelievable. You then know Mims has been a huge spot. Pick, yeah. What? When you when you highlight your punter of good guys on your team, that's when you. I know. mean, that guy made that he made the game David tackle today. There's no there's no disputing that. You know, maybe he doesn't want Lawrence. So it would give less playing time for him. Yeah. But <laughs> sure. you no, know, there's still some bright spots on this Jets team, and you know they're going to get rid of Gase. I don't know what's going to happen, with Darnold. It's a it's a wait and see game. But right now, all we can do is just Darnold back to USA. Cole, Cole, say if you do get number two, who do you think that you'll take? Or who do you want to see the Jets take? If you do, if you do. You know what I want? I want them to trade down. Joe Douglas loves those draft picks. With a team with so yeah. many holes. I agree. I agree. Why, why try and take a play right there? Just just spread it out. You know, gain as many picks as possible and build a team like that, piece by piece, brick by brick, as they say in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like you've seen the drafts like last year too. Like there's so much like – so much talent, even though late first round, early second round, too. Mm-hmm. All right. Thank you so much for coming out with us, Josh. Thank you, Josh. Thanks for having me, boys. Good to see you. All right. So, for those who have missed it, for those just joining right now, we're live on the FanCred app. If you want to join just like Josh right now, all you got to do is press the green fan line button. You go into a room with our producer, Cameron. He'll set you up. We'll get you on the show and get talking with Colin Shane on the Phenom NFL show. It's 8.17 right now. We're going to move on to our next topic. We're going to talk about another late game from this evening. The Arizona Cardinals, 30. Philadelphia Eagles left Jalen Hurts. I think we got some clarity on the Eagles quarterback situation after this game. Is Jalen Hurts the real deal after another solid performance? Against a pretty decent Arizona Cardinals team, I I think it's clear. I mean, it, it's hard to talk about it after just two games, and from what we've seen. But Jalen Hurts has done nothing but light it up. And say what you want about the performance last week against uh, New Orleans, and how it, it it kind of felt like he was just getting used to everything, still understanding the playbook, getting a feel for everything. But today he absolutely lit it up. He had four total touchdowns through for 300 yards, ran one in him. Like he – I just – with Philadelphia, the, the NFC least is still wide open, wide open. It, anything's, anything can happen right now with that division. But more, most importantly for Philadelphia, I think Hertz is giving them that, you know, rebirth. And it's a, it's a shift in the locker room like we talked about last week, whereas – Carson Wentz, good guy. They like him there. He's a leader there. But when you have a guy that you can go out there and absorb hits, he's big enough. Teams wanted him to try out as a running back. He he takes those hits. He makes plays downfield. He can use his legs. He's not getting pummeled in the pocket, right, and folding up in a ball. He's willing to lay it out for his team. And I think – I don't think Eagle, Eagle fans and, you know, the organization got that this year with Wentz, whether it was – I mean – like you and I have talked about in the past, we don't know what it was with Wentz, but Hertz is giving them something they haven't had this year, and I think that's very important. Yeah, no, I look back at some of my old podcasts today, actually, about Jalen Hurts. I accidentally ran into one. I think it was kind of ironic and perfect for this segment right now. When you really think back about to his college days and you remember his biggest mm-hmm. moments, 
And they were in big games, and it required what comes up here, Shane, the mental yeah. capacity, the mental strength as a quarterback. Nick Mullins lacks all of that. And, <laughs> and you see that happening right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, how ironic is it that Carson Wentz, a guy that was absolutely destroyed by his mental capacity, is now replaced for the second time by a mentally strong guy. First, Nick Foles, now Jalen Hurts. No, Jalen Hurts might not have all the tools that you like to see on film and all the draft scouts like, but he has what the, you know, when it comes down to it on a football field like this in a big game in front of the country, he has the guts, Shane. That's no, what he, he does. He has the guts, he has the physicality, and he has what he needs up here to win games. And that's what Philadelphia needs. That's what Philadelphia is built on. That's what what the fans love. They love that underdog story with Nick Foles. They love a guy like Jalen Hurts stepping in there. They were sick and tired of watching Carson Wentz come in. And I know we've talked about this so many times. I'm not going to get into it today because I'm going to bore you guys out. But I'm still a Carson Wentz supporter in that way. I still think he's ultra-talented. But if you don't have the mental strength to get through a season like that in adversity, it, <laughs> I can't say anything else. But the, you know, demoralizing, yeah, it's demoralizing. But you got to give your kudos to Jalen Hurts for being tough enough to come in there mm-hmm. and play like how he's been playing. So now you look at it, the report came out from Schefter this morning that Carson Wentz, not the Eagles, came out and said that he doesn't want to be the backup for this team, which is completely right, understandable. Yeah. And, you know, people were in the comments say like, oh, just play better. You know, you wouldn't have to be in this situation. But we, we've gone over this last week, and we're not going to do it again. As I said, he needs the fresh start. And at Carson Wentz, wanting to get back on the right track, is willing to sacrifice the big contract that he initially earned because he is a good quarterback to go and find a fresh opportunity. And we'll see what happens with Darnold if he goes and finds that fresh opportunity as well. But maybe his fresh opportunity, getting back to the Jets quickly, it's cleaning house in the coaching staff, yeah. bringing in a collection of draft picks, having trust in Joe Douglas, and giving this guy two or three more years, not having to pay him because he hasn't proved himself yet, and seeing what you got. You know, maybe it's a blessing in disguise. Who knows? But I guess we'll see what happens on that end. But, you know, the Cardinals still did win this game. It was a great win for them. And great for their playoff push. Great, Exactly. Great for their playoff push. Keeps them firmly in the hunt in the postseason right now. And again, with Philadelphia, whether they make the playoffs or not, this wasn't a playoff season for them. No. But it's nice from an overall standpoint to see them get some wins at the end right here. Yeah. That's, All, yeah. Right. All right. So next up, we're actually going to add Scott, Phenom contributor, to the show right now. He's on the fan line. He's about to join us on the show. What's going on, Scott? We'll see him when he joins in a second. Waiting on that. Right. There he is. What's going on, man? Not much. How about you guys? Good, good. What's up? What do you got? What do you got for us today? I have some comments on this Jalen Hurts thing. So I think that with the way that the Eagles have played this year, something needed to change. Whether even though they can't really do that with the coaching staff in the middle of the year, but Carson Wentz, I don't think fits Doug Pearson's scheme all that well. And the way that Jalen Hurts, like you said, it's a new face coming in. It's something fresh. And the thing, and the difference between Jalen Hurts and Carson Wentz is Jalen Hurts is a proven winner. I mean, he played four years in the college football playoff. And even though he didn't win it as a starter, like Jalen Hurts knows how to win. And he's a veteran and he's a leader. Carson Wentz is too, don't get me wrong. But with the way that Carson Wentz's career has gone, like I don't feel that – I think Philly is not going to be a place that he's going to be able to win. I think if Carson Wentz is going to have any success in his career, I do think the Eagles should trade him. Because, one, Jalen Hurts has a heck of a future. I've been a big Jalen Hurts fan since he was a freshman at Alabama. And I think with the way that this season has gone and now Carson Wentz being thrust into the backup role, I think a change of, a change of scenery is needed for him and a change of quarterback, change of team identity is needed for the Eagles. Yeah, so how about this? I can't remember exactly what year it was for him. Mm-hmm. But when he was benched in the national championship exactly. in a game that they were firmly in, for Tua Tungavailoa. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about that. You know, we talked about last week with Wentz, how the re- – I mean, he had to watch his backup quarterback win the Super Bowl, but that's because he was injured. Jalen Hurts was benched. Mm-hmm. And he was able to mentally recover the next season with Oklahoma. Yeah, that was – what? So that was his junior year, correct? And he his- actually, it was the, his sophomore year he was benched. He went a whole year backing up Tua before he transferred to Oklahoma. 
That is correct. No, he actually threw him. And then he came at the end of um, what was it? Was it the SEC, the SEC championship, championship game? Again. Yep. And then and he and he played his butt off, and they won. Pretty yeah. sure, right? They were down against the best defense in the country, and he made big plays down the stretch. Even a QB sneak to take the lead with a minute left. Jalen Hurts is a very clutch player. He's a great leader, and he knows how to win. I haven't really, I haven't seen that from Carson Wentz as, and, as he's been in Philly. So, and I, I really like how both of you brought up the Jalen Hurts comparison. He's been in those shoes of being benched at Alabama. We saw it happen in the national championship game. The biggest thing, though, is I just, I think going forward with Hurts and Scott, you made a phenomenal point. Mm-hmm. Philly needs that, and Philly loves that in their QB. Cole also said it, the underdog mentality. Jalen Hurts knows I've been on the bench before. I've been the backup. When it's my time, I'm, I'm going to light it up. And he's mm-hmm. done all of that so far in what we've seen of him. And I wouldn't be shocked going forward if that's how it is because mm-hmm. he's a proven winner since his early days at Alabama. You know, the guy with Nick Saban, with Lincoln Riley, the guy, he knows how to win games. He's been in the college football playoff. He's played in national championship games. The stage is set for that guy. He's right. He, he will play in anywhere, anytime. He's ready. Mm-hmm. And exactly. The thing with Wentz is we've seen Wentz play in big games. Wentz has lit it up before. He it Wentz is a good quarterback, I think, from what we've seen. It's just not in the Eagle system, and it's definitely not with Peterson. Exactly. And I think that goes back to the time when uh, Wentz is tore his ACL the year the Eagles won the Super Bowl. Once Nick Foles came in and he won that Super Bowl, going into next year, a lot of people thought Nick Foles is who the Eagles wanted more than Carson Wentz. That's where this kind of kind of – started with this kind of rift between Wentz and the Eagles because once Wentz came back and he was benched late in the year, they said he was injured. I didn't believe that for a second. Yeah. But when he, he got benched at the end of the year for Nick Foles, and even last year they don't make the playoffs if the Cowboys don't fall on their heads. And even this year, even with what, what's happened with Wentz this year, they're, they are nowhere near on track to make the playoffs. They're two games back of Washington with two to play. So I think with Wentz is a very talented player. Do not get me wrong. I think he has the ability to be one of the better in the league. But he's just, with his career so far in Philly, he is just, with the way it's went, he is not the guy that the Eagles can say is their franchise quarterback. I don't know if Jalen Hurts is at that level yet. We haven't seen enough of him. But I do not think Carson Wentz is a very good fit for the Eagles anymore. It's a perfect way to end that off. Thank you so much for coming on. And and, um, we got a lot more really talented people coming on the fan line later. So thank you so much, Scott. Thank you. Awesome segment right there talking about Carson Wentz, Jalen Hurts. Perfect segue coming off our segment just right now talking about the Eagles. And we'll move on to another team that had devastating championship experiences or two people that experienced that. Tampa Bay 31 over the Atlanta Falcons who put up 27, and that's all. It happened again, Shane. Matt Ryan imploded again at the end of the game and let Tom Brady, after an atrocious first-half performance, creep back in the second half. Have you seen this before? I mean, it sounds pretty familiar to me. It's it's very familiar, and it's very familiar for me, too, with Kyle Shanahan, unfortunately. But it was it was weird. I was watching the games today with my dad, and I look at him, and I, I, I simply said to him, it's not over. I mean – Anytime the Falcons have a lead, we know it's not safe. I, I'm not putting my money on the Falcons if they're up 100 nothing midway through the fourth quarter. It's just bound to happen, especially with Brady back there for the Bucs. But in that Bucs win today, I, they they started slow. And when you look at the box score of the first half, you're kind of like, the, the Bucs aren't for real. This isn't that team. They'll, they'll, they'll make it to the playoffs and they'll lose first round. And they'll have to figure it out in the offseason with what they want to do, including Arians. But – Second half, they just came alive. And they didn't even need to do it on the ground. I know Leonard Fournette had two touchdowns. But other than that, they couldn't get the ball rolling on the ground. It was all through the air. You know, Brady found Antonio Brown on that massive touchdown. That got things going for them. He found Mike Evans deep a few times. Brady's deep ball looked very good today. So I think that was a step in the right direction for Tampa. Yeah, you know, with Brady, and look, I give my Brady bias every week. But this season, he's been atrocious. One pressured. It's no secret. That's you pressure crazy. Brady, and he's, he's going to play like crap. No and he did, he did in the first half. You know, the Falcons were all over him. And it's really dependent on this box offensive line. 
know, any quarterback in football should be able to play at a decent level, at least when you have a clean pocket like that. Mm-hmm. And when you have Brady and you have three all-pro weapons on the outside, I mean, it, it's not surprising if he goes out there and, and pl- starts playing well like that when he gets more time to, you know, look around, scan his options, communicate. He had that one really good play with Mike Evans yeah. in the second half, I believe, where he was able to run out, communicate with him, point down the field, and give and a throw. Totally, yeah. But, you know, I'm not saying I'm, like, super impressed with how Brady, again, you can't take away that he had a terrible first half and the Falcons completely imploded in the second mm-hmm. half. You know, Matt Ryan was having a career day. He had, you want to mention him in fantasy, I would know, 11, yeah. 11 or 12 uh, different receivers in the first half, which was his, like, career record. and Without Falcons Julio were, Jones, too. Without Julio, and he plays terrible without Julio. All season, talking about trends, he's been atrocious without Julio. And I've seen it firsthand. I drafted Matt Ryan in all five of my fantasy leagues this year. So, you know, you'll, you'll see how that goes. And I was saying to myself, wow, he's finally playing well without Julio. He's doing it at the right time. I mean, look at this. And then he implodes again. But what he keeps doing, and he did this in the Super Bowl as well, and I just don't understand, is he takes these meaningless sacks that take them out of field goal range, and also he he's takes them in his own. Just, just throw the ball away. I mean, have some, have some awareness. And he gets up, and it's like nothing happened to him. And he's like, he's like immune to pain. I mean, it's like me as a sports fan. Every, anytime something happens, he's like, oh yeah, it happens all the time. Been there, done that. You're numb, yeah. But I mean, there's, there's that one sack at the end, and he just like gets up, and like it's like no, no big deal to him. I mean, there's always think of that one play in that in that Super Bowl, and I remember all the moments vividly. They were in field goal range, and then he took a terrible sack to take them out, and that. And it shifts momentum in today, yeah. And you put Brady back in the game. And, I mean, the, the Falcons legitimately didn't even have to – I mean, all they had to do was, like, score one – like, 10 points in the second half, and yeah. they would have won that game. So it's just – oh, it's just terrible to see. So um, we're actually going to add on a guest right now, Zach Spring, good friend of ours, going to talk some football right now, wait for him to join on, and uh, maybe give an update in the Giants game. I think they're 10 minutes in right now. See what happens when he joins. What's good, boys? Zach. What's up, Zach? All right. What's going uh, on in the Giants game right now? Giants before we game start? right now. Giants. Colt McCoy led them on like a really, really nice drive. Colt and McCoy revenge him. Listen, fourth and five on their own uh, on the Browns fifteen. Freddie Kitchens calls the worst fake play I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> Riley Dixon, the punter, goes under center and throws it to the left guard. Did they complete it? No, what are you saying? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I think the left tackle might have literally – that was a horrific injury. Baker's sitting there like, I don't even know. He's down uh, – I don't know. There's an injury on the field. All right. I know is Colt McCoy was diming that drive, and you failed to even get any points. Look, uh, I mean, Daniel Jones, I believe, still does not have a single win in his career over an over 500 team. Is that correct? You know, you're absolutely right. <laughs> you know what? You I think you're the first Giants fan to ever admit that. I really do. I think you're the first Giants fan to ever admit that. Daniel they calls it how it is. We know that. <laughs> I don't lie. I tell the truth. That's what we do here. Five so, um, career wins in his home. Only five wins in two years. How about this? Well, give us a topic of discussion from today's games today. What's on your mind? Um, I want to talk about, you know, do you think Brady paid the reps? Do you guys see that sure. that that uh that play at the end fourth with down with Leonard Fournette? Oh I mean, my come God. on! Yeah, that was bad. What did Giselle backstage with one of the goddamn reps? Like, I I don't know. Like, I'm sitting there watching, and I was watching Red Zone, and they show a clip yeah. of how Leonard Fournette kind of skidded. And the ref moved the ball up a yard. I saw that he took his hand and he moved well, it over. You, there it was, was a picture. With the with the chains, it was it clearly wasn't a first down. And I was sitting there like, "What is going on? <laughs> like Bill is not there to save you, Tom. Like, come on." So that's <laughs> I what I was saying. I mean, the, like, the I, reality I a serious is, question. Yeah, um, well, the, oh, before you go on, the reality is that I mean, look, as much as I hate Brady and everything, that that play it really does not take away from the fact that the the Falcons completely blew this game away. I mean, that play is irrelevant to anything that happened. But just a nice point to add on, if you know you want to. Put some blame on them, but go on. It's fun to make fun of Brady. I mean, of course. <laughs> oh, I see Campbell in the chat. Campbell, don't say a word. <laughs> we'll get Campbell on later. We'll get Campbell on later, but go on. Abs- I, let me go on a rant. Brady is washed. <laughs> Horrible. 
Yeah, yeah, you yee me. All right, now I have a serious question. Do you think that the Dolphins are, like, actually legit? Or since they play the Jets twice a year, it's kind of like two free wins. <laughs> and, like, the, and the AFC East, like, it isn't the greatest division at all. But I can't talk say anything because the NFC East is atrocious. Um, but do you guys think that the Dolphins are actually like, going to be, like, legit in the future? Sorry, Shane. Yeah, I do. I just think – Brian Flores coming from that Belichick coaching tree and his ability to develop defensive guys and pulling. I, I mean, he's taken at least three or four guys from that 2017, 2018 New England defense and totally moved them down to Miami. They have a young secondary, which is awesome. Xavier Howard, Byron Jones, like they're awesome. Their linebacking core is great. Their front seven in general. And I, my head, I don't, I don't really know about Tua yet. I, I still feel like it's one of those things that we need to see more of him. But, <laughs> but I think they have the chance. I think two is going to develop. They've, like I said last week, they have four draft picks in the first two rounds. So I think they're in the right direction going forward. Cole, what about you? Yeah, I'll add on to that. You know, with two, I'm, I'm still on the side. I love yeah. him in Alabama. I think he had a ton of talent coming in. I think he's still finding his footing in Miami. I like to take rookie years with a grain of salt no matter what. No, you still have to evaluate them. You can't just say, oh, it doesn't even matter. But, you know, you, <laughs> I'm looking at his face right now. What is going Atta on? boy! <laughs> Giants, are they lighting it up? Uh, no, they're on defense. What? They're on defense, man. They are punishing the Browns. Look, Kareem Hunt just made a play. I'm surprised that Logan Ryan just didn't get kicked right in the face. But you know what? It's okay. It is what it is. Defense has to stay up strong. Yeah. Let me say this. If the Giants hold the Browns to under 20 points, we're winning this game. Well, we'll hold you on that one. But back to the Dolphins, you know, what Shane said, defense looks phenomenal. Flores, week after week, has shown us that he could be potentially an elite coach in this league. But at least he's decent right now. Tua, serviceable right now. We'll see what they do if they make the postseason. We'll see what happens. Any last thoughts before uh, we, we take you off here, Zach? Um, yeah, the, the Jets are, are, are an awful franchise. You guys <laughs> should be ashamed of yourselves. Like, I watch the Knicks every night, and I still think I'd rather be a Knicks fan than a Jets fan. You know how embarrassed you have to be to be a Knicks fan and a Jets fan? You should be ashamed of yourself. Honestly, you root for Michigan too, Cole. Like, what is your problem? Any sports team you touch is just in a, a pitiful disaster. No, he likes like, Tiger. You should give up. What the hell? <laughs> you should give up from watching sports, honestly. On that note, uh, I think I'm going to cut the cord on you, man. Have a great night. Yoda, he should be cut from the Giants also. <laughs> this is the biggest fraud of a cornerback I've ever seen in my life. Good job wasting a third-round pick on his trash ass. I'll see you guys later. See you. Have a great night. <laughs> you always expect a great source of comedy from, from Zach Spring himself. Yeah. You know, puts, a, puts a smile on our faces. You know, a kid knows a ton. We'll never deny that. But, you know, he's a, he's a bull of energy. So uh, moving on. Shane, I'll let you pick the next topic. What's up next? Well, next on our list is oh, – Oh, well, we, we got someone on the family. We got a fan. All right. Well, we'll, we'll hold off on the, we'll the next we'll topic. On the Niners. What's going are on, you, man? Are you? What's what's the topic of discussion today, right. Sam? I want to talk about Mitch Trubisky and the Chicago Bears. So Trubisky's won two straight wins. And, I mean, Minnesota Texans, they're not quite playoff teams, but maybe borderline solid middle-of-the-road teams in the NFL this season. And I feel like Mitchell Trubisky, he's giving a burst of energy to this Bears team. And could he be a long-term quarterback? I know they declined his option for his fifth year. Is that me or – no, I think that's I think that's Shane. But um, it's like I was telling Shane this before the show. I mean, like the fact that they have to make a second decision now on Trubisky is is just unbelievable. And you know, I I have to give credit to Trubisky for coming back into shape. I mean, that guy was dead in the ground, and they made a terrible decision to yeah to start Nick Foles over him and overreacted. They look. Trubisky will never be a world beat. I don't even think he's ever going to crack the top twenty quarterbacks in football. I mean, but I think he looks, he looks like that, That you know, maybe he can carve out like a Ryan Fitzpatrick career. You know, a career backup that comes in has fringe starts. I mean, if he could play until he's 35 or 40 like that, I mean, you know, that's a successful career in my book. I could see Mitch Trubisky having some sort of a Fitzpatrick career. Mm-hmm. He's a decent guy. He comes in. He energizes the team a little bit. I mean, he's got his defenses to play well. You know, that's a decent quality on his part. But, you know, he's energized his Bears team to an extent, and they look – decent right now you know he looks like an NFL quarterback 
So, you know, as I dare say it, I don't look, I don't think he's the future of the Bears. If I need, I think they should give up on him. But it makes them feel, I guess, a little bit better that they don't need to just rush. And if they can't get the quarterback that they need, it's not a complete freakout situation. You know, they shouldn't rush themselves getting in, getting a quarterback that they really don't need right now. I had some people like, you know, oh, they should have drafted like Jordan Love in the draft. You know, that would have been a disaster because he's not ready. I'll tell you that for sure. Yeah, definitely not. So there's no reason to rush getting Trubisky out of house, especially if he's on a cheap deal like that. But I don't think he's the future of the Bears. Let's not get ourselves crazy right now. But again, career backup like that, fringe starts, maybe he gets tossed around his career to different teams in need of a, a weekly starter. It's not a bad career. Did you see a sidearm throw today? That was, I mean, if Mahomes was to do that, I saw something on Instagram, it would be going viral and everything. And <laughs> if Trubisky does it, nobody's even talking about it. I feel like he's just not, he's not getting his due. He got all the hate when he was playing poor, but now since he's playing pretty good, he's not getting any love. Obviously, he was drafted at, at, uh, before Watson and Mahomes, which obviously that will be, go down in history as one of the biggest mistakes. But I feel like, as you said, he could still carve out a serviceable career. So why is no one talking about that great throw today? It, I just I think that the NFL and the fans we have in the league, we're so caught up on mistakes that teams make and just dwelling on them and, you know, giving them the worst like Bears fans and like we do to Cole as a Jets fan after today. It's it's just I – I think it's – it's about the spotlight now, and we know that Mahomes is at the top, right? And it's it's hard to get up there, and no one's really – I mean, Rodgers is having an MVP-type year. Josh Allen's putting together great numbers, but Mahomes sits at the top, and I just think for the Bears, they pace messed up, you know? We know Trubisky's never going to live up to the Mahomes expectation, so why even try to play it? You know what I mean? No matter what Trubisky yeah. does, I mean, Trubisky could avoid – you know, 11 guys coming at him and throw a 100-yard bomb into the end zone for the win, and we'd still forget about it. You know, it's that's just how it is in the NFL. Yeah, you're completely right. You know, that narrative is never going to change. Unfortunately, he's forever tied to those two guys. Yeah. Even though he's a completely separate entity, he plays in a completely separate conference. Mm -hmm. He's not going to see those guys once every four or eight years. I mean, like... Especially because of what Watson and Mahomes have done thus far. Exactly. Yeah. You know, it's unfortunate. And, you know, it wasn't his choice to get drafted up there. You know, he played – he had an okay college career. So they, they saw a bit of potential in him. They took him. They didn't surround him with the best pieces to start his Bears tenure. And then he's turned into, like, this internet meme. But, you know, again, I, I see him having a Ryan Fitzpatrick-esque career, and I think that's a success in my book, even though it seems that Ryan Fitzpatrick has never even, like, been a part of, like, a winning team besides that, that Jets team that's still – Another yeah, Jets win team that decided not to make the playoffs after it fits tragic in the last week 17 game against Rex Ryan in the, in the fourth quarter. I mean, that's today was like that uh, fits tragic game times five or times 10 is a maybe even times 100. I mean, that was mm. horrible. But and um, one more. All right. Yeah, I got one more quick thing uh, following up on the Josh Allen. How far does Josh Allen still have to go? to be the MVP. How far behind Rodgers and Mahomes is he? Had another great performance yesterday. Obviously, everyone knows how how high I am on Josh Allen, Bills Mafia, and I think he's a great quarterback and one of the best in the league. So how far behind Mahomes and Rodgers in the MVP conversation is he? What does he have to do in these last two weeks to become the NFL MVP? That's a great question. Cool. As the former Josh Allen hater, I want you to take this one away. <sighs> Start it off. Putting me on the spot, man. You know, the reality is I'm not going to go and find faults in them because all three of them have had absolutely phenomenal seasons. I think that's the most important point of this question. Even if I'm kind of avoiding it right now, you know, people always, when they have these MVP discussions, like, well, you know, he has like three more interceptions. You know, he had one poor game. You know, look, the MVP should, have the, should be the player rewarded for having the most perfect season in a way. You know, it's, it shouldn't always just go to the best player. It's a seasonal award. It's why Russell Wilson has never won one. You know, you could be the second or third best quarterback in football your entire career, but you're never going to win the MVP if you're not the best. And just a seasonal award. Look, I mean, I guess right now it would be Mahomes and first. I mean, it's such a toss-up right now, Sammy. I really don't even know. I mean, all three of them have been just excellent all year. Their teams have been playing well. You no, know, I guess Buffalo... I mean, I don't even know who has the worst defense out of those three. Is, is let's it, say, 
let's say Buffalo were to go 13 and three, yeah. right? They won out, which is definitely yeah, a real and, possibility. They really should be 14 and two. I mean, the, the, the Hopkins play every The Hail Mary, game. true. I mean, so, all three of those teams. So can he, can he catch Mahomes and Rodgers? Is there any possibility Josh Allen's name will be called for the NFL MVP when they do the awards? I mean, if he had a worse game than Rodgers' meltdown against Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. He played. I mean, uh, the Jets game in MetLife was slow. Oh, that was that, was, that, was, that wasn't. I'm telling you, teams play down to the Jets. It's hard to play down to your competition. You play down to competition. Yeah, you see it the happens team all season. Imagine Mahomes is in competitive games all season. I think that's a big point right there. Maybe I'll go with that. The fact that we have this sample size of Mahomes and they're almost giving up by the third quarter, at barely even trying towards the throughout the game because it's just so easy for them. Mm-hmm. It speaks. It speaks volume. It really does because. No, they finally had a chance to actually play in a real competitive game. Every week, yeah. it almost seems too easy for them. No, it's a, it's a big theme of playing down to the competition. It needs more attention across the league. All right, thank you so much for coming on, Sammy. Good All right, thank you. Thank you, too. Thank you, Shane. Have a good one. Thank you. Have a great Sunday. Thank you. Thank Appreciate you. it. All right, quarter to nine right now, our final 15 minutes. I think, again, we're going to end the show at – around 8.57 with like a two- or three-minute drill mm-hmm. running down the rest of the games. We're going to go through some more headlines. We're going to go through one more game, and then we're going to keep adding on people on the fan line. I believe we have a lot of people waiting to come on and talk with us. Let's talk about your Niners. Yeah. So this game would have been on Sunday Night Football, and Dallas won 41-33. to 33. You can call it 34-26 to, to 26 because there are two really fluky touchdowns to end the game yeah. in, uh, at the closing moments. But, you yeah. know, Look, it's hard to evaluate this team right now with Nick Mullins at the helm. And, you know, he imploded once again in the Cowboys. Yeah. It's just, you know, they're playing with the backup quarterback as well. So, you know, it's it's not really worth going in and evaluating these teams for who they are because the Niners, as you know better than me, they're depleted as ever. And the Cowboys have had just as many guys on IR. Yeah, exactly. So how about we talk about a broader topic with this game? Because, you know, we can talk about this game between yeah. two backup quarterbacks. I keep asking you every week what you think about the future of quarterback with the 49ers is. And, you know, relating it to this game, we saw another terrible performance from Mullins, and I guess it shows. It's so bad. It starts to give some credit to Jimmy Garoppolo, who, you know, people forget that last year he actually did yeah. have a really, really nice season. A great season. You know, a top 10 season, no, no doubt about it. So, you know, having all of this in mind now, Jimmy G goes down with another injury. It's another rough season for him. I mean, what are you looking at 2021? Who's under center for the 49ers or maybe even 2022? So I'm going to say this going forward, and I'm not going to geek anyone out here with the financial numbers and what Garoppolo's contract means to the Niners. I can tell you guys it's a lot better than the one situ- situation in Philadelphia. Here's the, here's the thing with the Niners. They're low in cap space. They have about 27, 28 impending free agents. Two priorities are re-signing Fred Warner, because he's arguably the best linebacker in football, makes plays all the time. Locking up Trent Williams at whoever our next QB is on the blind side at left tackle. Those are the top two priorities. They'll let guys like Richard Sherman walk. You know, we've seen his comments. I believe, though, in the NFL, it's very important to win with a young quarterback. And I know that sounds ridiculous because – you know, this past decade. No, it's not ridiculous at all. Well, here, Brady's dominated on making 15 to $18 million a year, which is a good chunk of cap against, you know, what the Pats did. But it was never that much, you know. And with teams we've seen, a lot of guys and a lot of quarterbacks have won on those rookie contracts and those rookie deals. Mahomes, right? Russell Wilson when he won. We – it's very common that we see guys, Joe Flacco, right? He won before he got his massive contract. Wentz, when the, when the Eagles made that whole run, you know, that was Wentz on his rookie deal and Foles on a veteran's well, backup deal, yes. So it's very common. And I think with the Niners, as injured as they are and as terrible as they look right now, right, we know when that team is fully healthy, when Nick Bosa and Dee Ford are on the outside, blitzing and wreaking havoc on quarterbacks, right? Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk are out wide. George Kittle being arguably the best tight end in football is out there. And the four or five guys you have in your backfield who can run over anyone at any given time are out there. We know that the Niners are one of the best teams in the NFC, right? We know they're like that with Garoppolo. They clearly can't do that with Nick Mullins because that guy is (laughs) god-awful. 
But if it's not Garoppolo, I think you really have to weigh into the draft. You know what I mean? I There's rumors going around with the Niners about looking at a guy like Kirk Cousins and his trade value or Carson Wentz or, or Derek Carr. I don't want it. You know why? Because we know what those guys are made out of. We know what they're giving us. If the Niners were to trade for Stafford, I know what I'm getting. I'm getting 14 games a year. I'm getting 4,000 yards, 27 touchdowns, and a broken back by week 14. <laughs> how it works. And credit to Stafford. He's a great quarterback. Do I think he wins a Super Bowl? No, because he's had the opportunities to. They build teams around him in Detroit. It's just not how it works. I think going forward with the Niners, if you can, it's looking like they're slated for a top 10 pick in this year's draft. Draft the young guy. Evaluate. They, the Niners have drafted well. We found George Kittle. We found Fred Warner. We found quality players. Do that. Go out there. Scout your asses off. Find that guy, whether you think it's Mac Jones, which I hope it isn't, Justin Fields. I love Zach Wilson. Whoever it may be, scout. Go do your thing. Kyle Shanahan, evaluate. Whoever is going to flourish in your offense, take them. Whoever runs the naked bootleg the best, whoever can throw a nice deep ball, because Garoppolo, unfortunately, doesn't provide that. Whatever whatever Shanahan thinks is best, I would trust, because he's an offensive genius. Do that going forward, and you have your answer. Yeah, you know, and maybe what he does trust is having a veteran guy in there. He doesn't want another experiment. I mean, has he? I mean, he's never had this much power and authority in the team in his no. career, but has he had the chance across his career to pick his own quarterback? I mean... If you really go back and think about it, I think so. Was he um he was on the staff when they had RG three in Washington, correct? Yeah. Was he, I mean, but that was that was a no brainer. That was his father's team. Yeah, that was his father's team. But he, but that was a no brainer pick. I mean, mm-hmm. they they were going to take Griffin regardless. But you think about it, you know he inherits Matt Ryan in. No, there's a, there's a few guys he loves, and he but he actually went out and got Garoppolo himself. That was that was all him. He yeah. loved Garoppolo. So, you know, we'll see what Shanahan does, but I completely agree with you. The most important point out of all of this is that the 49ers will survive and they will thrive if Jimmy Garoppolo is the quarterback. It, and it's I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and go on my Jimmy G rant and why he's a great quarterback, but it's proven. We know that. The big question heading into last year was, how is he going to be off the ACL? Is he going to do well without McDaniels and Belichick? He did. Went to the friggin' Super Bowl, right? Like it's the guy's proven it. He had an awful offensive line this year. We know. I think Mike McGlinchey's the worst right tackle in football. I think Niners Twitter thinks so too. He's terrible. But we know. I. I mean, and to any quarterback's credit, if you have the weapons, you're going to succeed. But Garoppolo can do well. We've seen it. All right, we're going to bring on a quarterback expert right now, Campbell Pivnik, a guy who loves to talk about the guys on their center. He's a quarterback himself. We're going to add him on right now to the fan line. So he, I believe he's going to be audio only. So see what happens when he comes on. So Campbell, give us a shout when you're ready. Waiting on Cam right now. He's coming. That's the note that we just got. Campbell's on he's the line. identifying the mic. Hey. Right now. There he is. What's going on, man? What's good? What's up, Cam? All right. So first I wanted to talk about uh... – what you guys think of uh, the AFC right now? Who do you think the uh, team is to beat the Chiefs right now? That's a great question, Shane. Let you start. I I think it's the Bills. I I think we know what we get with the Steelers. They've played a lack of competition this year to me. They played great football against poor teams, but you know, in those big moments, they they collapsed against Washington's defense. Big Ben. They're making him throw, what, 50 times a game, which is unreasonable, especially coming off elbow surgery. They can't run the ball. So I think Buffalo is the biggest threat to Kansas City going far. We've seen Josh Allen light it up. He, Stephon Diggs, Cole Beasley, they're all connect, connecting on high levels. Devin Singletary and Zach Moss are a great, you know, one-two punch out of the backfield. And I think their defense Buffalo. Shane, I got to agree with you right there. You know, Pittsburgh looks shady the entire season. And it's only gotten more, you know, evident as the past few weeks have gone by and their terrible performances. Show Buffalo some love. As we said before, 13-3 and or 14-2 and a football team with an MVP candidate quarterback, an extremely well-rounded team that can make plays on both sides of the ball. I mean, how could you deny that? You can't, you can't overlook the Buffalo Bills despite everything that's happened. This is a brand-new Bills franchise, and they got to be the number one team that could potentially take down the Chiefs this year. But, you know, as we said before, 
looking like the Chiefs might run away with things. But the Bills do a pretty good job of keeping up. If Diggs can keep playing as he has been, I mean, they're they're a real threat. But the defense is still a bit suspect. This is not the Bills' defense of years past. Yeah. I Sh- completely uh, Campbell, agree I with you guys. Have, Campbell, I actually have one more question for you. So, you know, you're the quarterback uh, whisperer yourself, as we always talk about. There's a ton of different questions I can ask you. But um, I want to ask you about the Patriots quarterback situation. I know you're – you're a Tom Brady fan slash Patriots fan. I know you change on a daily yeah. basis, but you know, <laughs> put the put the Patriots fan in you right now. What are they doing next year under center? It's definitely not Cam Newton. We can we can assure All that. Right. Yeah, I, in my opinion, I think Cam Newton is terrible. <laughs> no, Brian. No, Brian Hoyer blew the Chiefs game. The Chiefs should have two losses right now <laughs> if it weren't for Brian Hoyer. But uh. Uh, Cam Newton's terrible. I was mad that he even started this week. I think Stidham should be playing the rest of the year, see how Stidham is going to next year. I wanted to see Stidham this year, but uh, with the lack of his play, I think that they must see something in practice to where they don't think he will really excel in the NFL. So I think that they're going to draft a young quarterback. And either if they get one of those top four quarterbacks this year, uh, I don't know what pick they'll end up having. Uh, probably like around 10. They'll probably go 10 uh, nine. Yeah, uh, then they'll take one of those guys. Um, but if not, I they'll probably take like a second or third round pick and then like ha- go another year not doing too good, like seven, nine, eight, and eight, and then build off there. No, if I'm a Patriots fan, I think I want a veteran quarterback in there. I think Belichick didn't like this whole <laughs> Bel- Belichick. Well, I, I want a receiver in there, that's what I want. I, yeah, I, I completely, yeah, I right. I completely agree with you on that, but you know. I think Belichick had this whole experiment this year of, you know, just seeing if anything would work right off the bat. And I don't think he liked it <laughs> by his body yeah, language yeah, this yeah. season. I don't think he's liking this whole, you know, new style experience, you know, experience. There's yeah, a lot of different veteran options agree. that are going to be on the market this offseason. It's going to be a really intriguing, you know, offseason for quarterbacks. My yeah. God is telling me that Bill Belichick, if he's, if you're really thinking about it, you know, I don't know exactly how old he is, but he's old. And I don't know how much more he has to prove in the NFL. I don't know how much longer he's going to last and want to be in the NFL, mm-hmm. despite any capability that he's going to have to win games and win Super Bowls. Who, who are you talking about? Sorry? Who Coach, are you talking about? Coach Belichick. Oh, okay. So with this timeline looking bleak, we really have no clue how much longer he's going to stay in the NFL. And this Patriots team, you know, we, we said this last time, depleted defense from lost guys that did, opted out to COVID the most in the league. I still think they have a decent amount of pieces mm-hmm. to go and win football games next season. Why not bring in a guy like Matt Stafford to come in and, you know, I think that would be a great option for the Patriots and they can work with him and, you know, as well. So we'll see what happens on that end. But personally, veteran quarterback, Shane, give your take and then we'll get into our last I feel like going forward, Belichick really needs to evaluate what he wants. And I think the Cam project was a good one this year just to see, you know, after the Brady era, what he really wants. He knew he wasn't – his team was too good to end up with a top three pick in hopes of getting Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields. And, you know, my big thing was, will the Pats trade up? This was talking about last year's draft, will the Pats trade up because of his relationship with Nick Saban and – his evaluation on Tua, is that a possibility? Could the Pats potentially pick a guy like Mac Jones? He's well-known, Belichick and Saban. We know their friendship. But I think going forward, the Pats need to look in the draft. And I, I, I really think that Belichick has the opportunity to nail down this quarterback pick because, he's, he's, to me, he's the quarterback whisperer. He, and he has a talent with that. I mean, he, he made Matt Castle in 2008 look like a franchise guy. So, Yeah, Matt right, Castle well, started it, Matt, in high school before he actually came in and went 10-6 and six with the Patriots. So exactly. it's your 11-5. and five. Regardless, they went at least 10-6. and six. Don't forget that. You know, I mean, I think he went 4-1 and one with backup quarterbacks in the Brady era. Yeah. That, that uh, 2018, though, just to, like, I guess defend the coaching a little bit and put, take some a little off Matt Castle, a lot of people had them going uh, 16-0 and again, coming right off the 2007 year. Yeah. They didn't really lose anybody. All their weapons were back. Their whole team was put together and solid. So, just I think Brady would have went sixteen. No, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the Brady bias, and you but we'll see. All right, thanks for coming on, Cam. Always a thanks, pleasure Cam. talking. Thank to you for having me. See you guys. All right. So once he goes off, all right. So right now we are one minute approaching nine o'clock, and we're going to end off our show 
just like how we did last time, a super fun segment to end it off. We'll call it our two-minute show, firing back and forth, quick takes, and all the rest of the games that we didn't cover today. So we'll start, Run by all. We'll, we'll start with this. I mean, if we can, if we can cue like the NFL films music or like the you know um, Chris the Chris Berman special in the background right now, or shout out to the guys that part of my take with their Monday <laughs> rundown. You know, nothing better. I mean, that's the that's the greatest show on earth. You know, always aspire to be like them. But um, we'll start from the top. Tennessee forty six twenty five over Detroit. Titans offense exploded once again. Derrick Henry looks like he can't be stopped. Shane, thoughts on that one? It's simple. It's like what you said. Derrick Henry cannot be stopped. It's that time of year. I picked the Titans of my survival pool. Obviously, I'm very happy. We're still going. It's tractor Cito season, Cole. <laughs> Moving on. Indianapolis 27-20 over the Houston Texans. A nice Colts comeback at the end. Rivers looking consistent as always. That running game between Taylor and Hines looking great. They got some nice weapons there. I think, you know, add a quarterback in the mix next season, a, a really elite one with Indianapolis, and whew, they're going over right now. But they in, we're in the present right now, and they can make a nice playoff run. Shane, thoughts on that game? They're hitting all cylinders. You know, uh, I like what the Colts are putting together. I think they, they do a great job of dividing their strength, both through the air and through the ground. Jonathan Taylor looks like he's coming along nicely. He could be, you know, they're starting back going forward in the future. and. Offense, yeah, they're just they're getting it going on offense. T.Y. Hill had a huge catch today. T.Y. Hilton, excuse me, to set up you know that game-winning score by Zach Paschal. So they got it. Yeah, Baltimore forty, Jacksonville fourteen. The Jags suck, and you know the reality is I actually forgot to say this at the beginning. I that's what I meant to say in my head. I was like, oh my god, I just forgot. Jets fans, you know, I, I know this sucks. I feel for you. I'm a Jets fan myself. It's terrible, but the Jaguars are significantly worse than the Jets. They have no bright spots on their team. They accidentally won in week one against the Colts, in my opinion. Their quarterbacks are much worse than what the Jets have right now. Mm -hmm. Minshew is horrendous. I said that before, Stevens, everyone's like, oh, Minshew mania, that was great. He's terrible. No, he's horrible. I mean, what? They they have James Robinson. I think that's like the bright spot on their team this season. You know, he's a running back, and we know the shelf life of running backs in the NFL. It's it's terrible. So they're they're horrible. So if there's any irony behind this, the Jets had this like all in the driver's seat, but the Jaguars are much worse than the Jets. I think the Jets beat them almost by double digits if they play a game. But Baltimore, they continue their momentum. Obviously, we can take it with a grain of salt. They put 40 points against the worst team in football. Thoughts on that? Yeah, and I think if Baltimore did anything less than that today, there would have been a major issue just because we know how bit, you know bad the Jaguars are. But it was just one of those classic the Ravens have the ability to run all over you. They did it with Dobbins. Lamar did it with him, like, by himself. They they got it going. Yeah, you know, I actually sent a lot of my fantasy drafts around the Ravens' defense. I actually draft them in almost all my leagues to make sure, because I saw that schedule at the end, and I was like, holy crap. Like, you know, when I'm playing in the finals in all my leagues, I want to make sure I have the Ravens for those last three games like, in their cakewalk schedule. I actually thought that they were going to go 15-1 and this year, not because they were that good, but because their schedule was so damn easy. And it's paying off now. And what's good is that they'll build some nice momentum going into the playoffs, regardless of how bad those teams are. It's just nice to get a win column and get some confidence around your team. So that's going to do it for us today on the Phenom NFL Show. I'm Cole Nevins. That was Shane Rich. If you're looking for more awesome content from this, from the kids at Phenom Media, our incredible team of over 100 kids from around the country and around the world, a few international. Shout out to you guys. We're doing some incredible stuff. We got content on every single media platform you can think of. This past week was the first week of the Phenom Podcast Network. Not one singular podcast, but eight shows, one for each sport. NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, college basketball, college football, Formula One, uh, world football or soccer, whatever you want to call it. We got you covered on all ends. Awesome shows. We had seven or eight shows this week from the NFL and the NBA unbelievable stuff from those kids right now getting in the hang of it starting on their own podcasting careers really amazing stuff from them so make sure you check out that on all podcasting platforms we're waiting to get out on apple Podcasts right now they take a few weeks to process it but they're out on spotify and every other major podcasting platform check those out our tiktok we gained like 300 followers this week some really good stuff from there learning how to produce some awesome content we're putting two or three posts out a day on there you know, much better than Instagram. I'll tell you guys that. So, anyone thinking, transfer from Instagram to TikTok because TikTok's a much better platform. We love that there. So, keep showing us some love on our TikTok. 
YouTube. We're going to keep putting out some awesome content and definitely some segments from this show. If you missed it or you saw and you want to rewatch this again because you love us that much, we <laughs> have you covered. So awesome show again. That's two really fantastic shows in a row. Shout out to everyone at FanCred for letting us use this awesome app, letting us add some of our buddies to the fan line, talking some football, the fastest hour and now four minutes in sports. So that's it for today. Thank you so much for tuning in. Have an excellent night. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday and have a fantastic holiday week. We will hope to see you guys next week. Take care. Thank you. Happy holidays.